0: Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Okay, so how many people here were going to go to the 9 o'clock service and then stuck a toe out of bed and realized the temperature and thought, no, I'm going to wait another hour, a couple of hours. Anybody don't have to put your hand up, I know what you look like, people who's already wearing uh, goose down jackets and snow boots on the way to church. Hey, uh, uh, I'm reading from Matthew chapter 9, verses, verse 36, and it says there, When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. So let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, Lord, give us ears to hear uh, what you want to say to us individually, Lord, what what, what we came to church today to receive from you. Lord, I pray that every single person will be able to go away with something that you have spoken into their hearts, Father. And Lord, that it will be just for them. In Jesus' name, amen. So that scripture that Jesus looked at the crowds and he had compassion on them. Why? Because he saw that they were confused. He saw that they were helpless. And uh, he would have said that to the disciples at some point. Matthew would have picked up that, ah, that's how he looks at crowds. How do you look at crowds? How do I look at crowds? How, How do we look at other people? Because no matter how they look on the outside, which is what we tend to see, Jesus will assure you that inside, they're confused and helpless. Now, some of the other versions of the Bible, that was NLT, one version called New Living Translation. There's other versions of the Bible, that translations from the Greek, and they get little nuances of the meaning of this of the original Greek words. And they use words like weary, scattered, bewildered, dejected, harassed, and even... Us, as believers, at times, we need to know that God can see when we are weary, when we're harassed, when we're confused, when we're bewildered, when we're dejected, when we're helpless. Jesus sees it. He sees it. He loves us. And he looks at people like that. Now, uh, we had a family doctor up at Belconnen for over 10 years. He uh, helped Melanie through two pregnancies, two youngest of our children. Uh, I went there; it was our family doctor, and uh, he was a great guy. He cut some weird thing off my head. I appreciate that. And um, and then, so when he took his own life, I didn't know what to do. It was unbelievable. I. Gone in there, I'd had great conversation, chat, banter with him, joking around about things and fun times. But I had never seen how confused and helpless he was. Do you ever think about that? I had never said to him these special words: So, how are you? Really, how are you? You okay? How's it going? How are, how are you coping with this? When you think about it, doctors come to work every day. Great, another bunch of depressed, sad, sick people to spend a day with. Have you said, have you asked your doctor, how are you? Really, how are you? Is there anything you'd like me to pray for? Because we believe in the power of prayer at our church. God can change things, He can rearrange things. Even if they fob you off, they know that there's someone who cares. There's someone who really cares. And it might be the third or fourth time you get to say that. And they say, well, actually, you know, there's a lot of pressure here. Turns out we had somebody who knew the, the family. Turns out that he, he felt such a disappointment in his own life. So it stra- seems strange. You know, doctors have to be up there academically it wasn't enough to stop confusion, dejection, bewilderment, harassment, spiritual. And we've got a lot of rich people in this city, and on the outside, they've got everything. They've got the latest Mercedes, they've got the beautiful house, they've got all the clothes, and they drink the right coffee. And yet, underneath, Jesus says, No, no, they, they are weary. That's why Jesus says, if you're weary, come to me. It's a constant message. So we're talking this series about fearless. It's about Christians who are fearless. Christians who are brave enough to say, how are you, really? How are you? Look them in the eye. God loves people. It's the number one thing that motivates God is love. Everything about Christianity starts and finishes with God's love. God so loved the world. God wanted us more than anything. God is a great collector. I'm a bit of a collector. My wife is a bit of a collector of shoes. Melanie Marcos. Those older people will know what I'm talking about. Younger people say, what's he talking about? Look it up. I'm, I'm currently collecting woodwork. Tools, and I was trying to think of a pun about that, but nothing would work. (laughs) Boom. Special credit to you, Dylan. Um, And God collects people. He wants people. He doesn't want to just stick them on the wall of heaven. He wants to have face to face contact because He loves. Every single person, every person we meet, every person we ignore, every person we speak to, every person we don't. God loves that person. All the hard to love people, He loves them. He says, He says, they just don't know how much I love them. That's why they act the way they do. They don't know how much I love them. Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. He loves every person you meet. And we're saying this because. God love our family doctor. But I didn't take the opportunity to let him know that you know that God loves you, don't you? I'm going to look at how we can do that. Every person is made in God's image. Every human is made in God's image. Animals are great. Animals are wonderful. They're incredible. But they're not humans. They don't have eternity in their hearts, they can't imagine and dream up symphonies or uh, send rockets to the moon. Although we, we were suspicious about George doing some stuff in the backyard the other day. That's our Jack Russell dog. They don't have free will. They're stuck within the boundaries of the instinct. We can go, jump outside God's plan for us and decide ourselves what we're going to do. We have complex language and we can write. You know, we are God's greatest treasure. He said, you are very, very good. I love you. So valuable to me. And every person is unique. God doesn't want to have a whole collection of copies. We're all going to behave like that. He doesn't need another one of me. He doesn't need another one of anybody. He wants you just the way you are. You don't have to be anything. You don't have to be up on a stage. You don't have to be doing anything. He just wants you. He loves you. And I'm, the reason I'm saying that is because every person you meet, God has the exact same feeling towards them as He does towards you. And it, it's, it's still sinking into my head wow, God really loves those people who are so different to me. You know, because we're so self centered, so self absorbed, we think that people should really behave more like me and then I can understand if they were loved by God. No. God wants people who are really different. We've got Anthony Robinson here. He goes every week just about to homeless drop-in center and make sure they have enough to eat, make sure they have enough to wear, make sure they feel some love. You know, the way we treat people values them. If we ignore them, we're saying, you're not worth anything. We give them attention, we're saying, you're worth quite a lot. And uh, God gave us the ultimate value by coming to us in person and dying for us. He values each one of us at the same value as his own son. You're worth the same as Jesus in God's eyes. That's how important it is for him to have that relationship with you for for eternity. It's going to take eternity to know how much he loves us and to understand God. It's going to take eternity. It's also going to take eternity for us to make friends with everybody who's up there. It'll take a while. Matthew 25, verse 40 says, The king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Whatever we do to the least of the least, the most gutter dwelling person is of the same value, according to the king, as the king. That person is worth the same. It's amazing. It's mind-blowing. Every person we meet is is a miracle. Every person we meet is just so special. Are we getting that? Because when we get full of that sense of God's love, let's live in the awareness of God's love. When we live in that awareness, we start to see people differently. God loves people. Ephesians 4 verse 15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his church, his body, the church. So we talk about Jesus. We talk about our faith. We talk about truth within a context of love. We need to, whether we're seeing someone for five minutes or a tradesman going into a house for 10 minutes or whether we're working next to somebody in a desk five months five years we want to create a context of love and we invest love into that person and then they're interested in the truth that we have to say about life the more love we invest the more truth they are interested in hearing it's a bank account we're investing into love into their bank or emotional bank What do you get from a deposit in a bank? You earn interest. So we want to earn people's interest. They're not going to be interested if we're not loving. So we show love, they become more interested. This person's really interesting. We show more love, they get more interested. We don't show any love, they're not as interested. Why should they be? We invest love. 1 Peter 3.15-16 says this, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life, and if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. If people speak against you, they'll be ashamed when they see what a good life you live, because you belong to Christ. So how do we love? Well, we kick it off with kindness. We go up to Bunnings, go into the axe department, and we buy just any old axe. It doesn't matter. You just want random acts of kindness. Anyway, just, I can see that smile there, brother. Can't help yourself. We want to kick off our relationships with kindness. And then we want to follow up. And I've been experimenting with this in the last two weeks. It's very powerful. It's. Eye contact, eye contact. People are born, babies are constantly looking for eyes and then they lock on when they find eyes and they just love those eyes because God's wired us up for eyes. Especially girls, boys can also lock on to buttons or to striped shirts. But they're still interested in lights. In lights, I'm interested in lights. Still interested in eyes. They're interested in eyes. And as we grow older, people get a bit jaded and we get dismissive and we don't give people the eye contact or we only use our eye contact when we're angry at somebody with a child. And so when you go up to someone, you start looking them in the eyes and saying, how are you? That's very different to to saying, uh, g'day, moving on, which is what we do most of the time. But when you don't say just g'day and move on, but you say, g'day, how are you? Look them in the eye. They get such a surprise they can run away, run away, run away, screaming. Someone looked me in the eyes. I don't know how to take it. I haven't had that since I was a baby. We should be giving people the same level of eye contact, no matter what age they are, because it feeds us. Eye contact's really important. Secondly, we should show interest in them. That means using these things. I've got big ones that makes it easy for me. We're showing interest in them. We're not talking about ourselves. People in this church don't talk about themselves for very long. It's one of the rules. Let's make it 30 seconds and then toss the ball over the net and let them have a turn. How about you? If we're talking to someone all the time about ourselves, they just think, this person's not interested in me. But we're showing eye contact and we're showing interest and we're also being optimistic. We're being positive. Because it says there, if someone asks about your hope as a believer, they don't ask you about your depression as a believer or about your discouragement. They need hope, they need optimism. So we're doing eye contact and interest. We're doing eye contact and interest and optimism. It's the E I E I O principle. Oh, Lord Jesus, had a fun. Thank you. John, you are not a duck. <laughs> Repeat after me. And th- it really, really works. So when we're, with our men's group on Wednesdays, we are all befriending the owner of the cafe that we go to. And... uh Just before Easter, I thought, I'm going to invite him to church because I feel like I've earned the interest. I've made deposits. And so I got him aside. I said, Michael, how are you? Eye contact, interest. And uh, he really opened up. He'd never done that before. He told me about his uh, situation at home. And I said to him, we're going to pray about that. All the guys in our group were going to pray about it. He said, oh, would you? Thank you. I said, are you going anywhere for church at Easter? And he's a a Catholic. But I said, great, go for it. But still, over time, we make eye contact. We show interest. We're optimistic. You can get through this. You can do it. Anything we can do to help, because you can get through it. That optimism, that hope... At some point they say, how come you're so like, optimistic? Or they might just start hanging around you a bit more because they want to ask they want to find out a bit more about us. John 13, 35 says this, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. The love, they'll know you are Christians by your love. What is it that convinces the world that you are a Christian? It's your love. And then you've earned the interest to speak the truth. Gently and with respect. They'll know that what you say has power. And whether you're seeing someone for a short time or a long time, every Christian can be an evangelist because every single person can make deposits into someone's emotional bank. Every single person. And the Bible says here, be ready to explain where that hope comes from. And you can say, well, I've, I've had answers to prayer myself. I've felt God's presence. The blind man in the Bible, when they asked him, how come you've got this? He just said, well, once I was blind, now I see. I don't understand it. And we can be the same. So I don't have all the answers, but... I just know my life has changed since I started following Jesus. When I, uh, one of our trips to America, we ran into an old friend over there called Dwayne, Dwayne Martin. He was a good old Georgia boy. Can't do my Georgia accent as well as I used to be able to. All my accents are sort of starting to be sucked into some sort of asian kind of void southern asian all sort of starting to sound the same but duane has got a gift with short-term evangelism short-term eieio short-term winning people so someone was by the side of the road trying to fix their car bonnet up he drives in he says hey can i help you here's a mechanic he's an aircraft mechanic And uh, he was always gifted with machines, even though he was doing year 12 for the second time to learn to read when I was there. Anyway, he starts with kindness. He kicks it off with an axe of kindness and starts to earn interest. What are you doing this for? And he's amazing. He just slips little things in. This makes a little slip of bit of truth drops it in. God must really like you because he sent me here to help you. This is my privilege to help you. Cuz it's an opportunity, it's another way of me thanking God for how he's helped me. He just says little things like that, little seeds, little gems. Because he's ready to explain why he's got hope. And that might only be 5 or 10 minutes if you're with someone for five years sitting in the same office you've got to add a lot more consistency to your repertoire of love you've got to demonstrate over and over again that you tell the truth that you're integrity you've got integrity you can be trusted that you don't join in the office gossip that people know that you're not talking about them behind their back that you say sorry when you've done the wrong thing that you're working hard and you're loyal these are sorts of things that are depositing into your, into your uh, colleagues' emotional banks. And all the time, you're generating interest. So that that time when you're alone with somebody and you say, look them in the eye and you say, so how are you, really? And they start telling you about that issue. They're going to be interested in your response. because you've earned it. And God will give you that opportunity. So let's believe that God wants each of us to love other people as much as He does, or at least aim that high. It's not easy. And let's pray together right now. Let's close our eyes. Christian, why don't you just ask God to fill you with the the kind of overcoming love for other people that God demonstrated when He loved you. And that God demonstrates right now when He loves you. When He wipes the slate clean over and over again and says, start again. I've dusted you off. Go out and play. Pray, God of the harvest, please. Fill me with your love. Let me see people the way you do. Let me see their confusion and their helplessness the way you do. And let me have a heart of compassion like Jesus. Fill me with that same spirit. And if you're sitting here today and you've not connected with Jesus yourself, then I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now if you want to do that and invite Him into your heart. And I ask you to, to join with us as we all pray this prayer together right now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your overwhelming love that is so much bigger, so much greater than my own love for myself or that I could ever imagine. Thank you for sending your Son to show us how much you love us, to die for me, to pay for my sin so that I could be with you forever. And I open up my heart and I invite you in In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.